Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, so the question Drew and I get asked every single day is how do you start a podcast? When we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we both had so many questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? And most importantly, how do we make money from our podcast? The answer is simple. Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all people, it's 100% free, and it's ridiculously easy to use. Even Drew can use it. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, guys, that's exactly what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and Drew and the whole diverse community of podcasters around the world that are already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. We can't wait to hear your podcast. All right, on this episode of the Follow Through with Clips and Drew, the king rises again in Cleveland. Okay, see you later in Oklahoma City. We're covering everything. Second round of the playoffs. Drew's giving you his predictions. It's the Follow Through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that shit. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like Ludi us. I do have something to say, so you got to give it up. Give it up. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? It is the follow through with Clips and Drew. Yep. The boys are officially back. Yeah, we took a little, a brief hiatus um, during the back end of this playoff, frantic playoffs oh my God. that we've been seeing. I've got so much to say, Drew. Do you? Oh my God, but it's episode 32, and there should only be one 32. Who's it going to be? There's Drew? a lot of 32. There is, but there ain't none like Magic, so. Yeah, it's, so we'll just come out, it's okay. Magic, it's oh. Magic Johnson. I didn't know that, guys. I didn't know it, but I'm assuming that's who it was. Yeah, there, you can't really, I mean, I'm a Laker fan, um, you know. There's a lot of. I'll, I'll give you a list of some of the notable players. Billy Cunningham, okay, back in the day, old start, old Bill Cunningham. You start with Bill, okay. A lot of people will know him. Um, Sean Elliott, oh, Rip cool. Hamilton, Rip, Kevin McHale, Joe Smith, Young Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, mm-hmm. and older Shaq. He was uh, 32 on the Suns as well later in his career. Christian Leitner. Damn. Not a Christian Leitner. Not Alonzo Mourning. Bill Walden. The big redhead. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns currently wears 32. Blake Griffin did wear 32 for all those years. Now he's switched to 23. Carl Malone. Damn, there's a lot of good ones. Uh, And you know what's funny, dude? I found this little piece of um, trivia. Leon Wood. Hey, Big L, my guy. The 1986 Washington Bullets. Hey, let's make it, dude, let's make it the Leon Wood episode. We'll find it. Uh, 
Come on, bro. I'm sure Leon has other numbers that he's worn, and and we can use those oh. later. This is absolutely 100% the Magic Johnson. God damn it. Episode. But that's a nice shout out for Leon. That is. Shout out to Elwood, my guy. The man. Yeah, the man. Anyways, guys. Episode 32, Magic yep. Johnson, follow through podcast. That's right. It's time to get down to business. The playoffs have been crazy. A lot of action. The we king got, yeah. the Go king ahead. prevailed, bro. The Cavs did it. The I, LeBron did it. I've had to dust off the haters all week. <laughs> you guys know that I'm a, I'm a LeBron fan. I am, That's I, true. I, I, I am team LeBron all the way. Yep. And it, there just comes a point, Drew, where you got to watch this man and be like, how in the fuck does he do this? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? He literally single-handedly beat a team. Yeah, he did. Yeah. For uh, seven games straight. Yeah. And Indiana, uh, you know, a little round of applause. Yeah. Um, deserve it. We'll give a golf clap. A little golf clap. In-studio golf clap. Well done, Oladipo. Well like done, him. well done, all those boys. They, they just ran out of gas, um, and LeBron had a little bit more left in the tank than they did. I don't think he. They ran out of gas. I think they had their 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 foot on the on the on the pedal the whole time. I just don't think the Pacers. Yeah, I think they did. I don't think they ran ran out of gas. They didn't have the reserves that LeBron clearly had. Like he he played almost the entire game. He's what he had forty five points, mm-hmm. uh, nine and seven, nine nine rebounds, yeah. seven assists. Yeah. Couple blocks, couple steals. Fuck, man, he's just—it's—it's—he's amazing to watch. Yeah. And you know, while while we're sitting, while I'm sitting there watching the game, and I'm thinking to myself, like, damn, what if he doesn't make it out of the first round? Like, what right. are the play? I don't even want to watch the like. Would you want to watch the Pacers versus the Raptors? Like, I and there's no LeBron James. Like, what kind of fun is that? Yeah. And then a lot know, of me wanted to see LeBron lose because I'm not the of, biggest fan. Of course of that you did. But uh, watching him. Do that was was epic. It was an epic performance. I kind of wish they fucking waited a little later in the day so that I could like in wake up fully before the oh, tip. Oh god, they do. It was, it was ten thirty. Drew, it wake was your ten a.m. Ten a.m. Tip wake up on a Saturday. That's uh, that seems. You won't wake up for LeBron James on a Saturday. I did. 10? I was up. I was up. I woke up. We went uh, went to La Siesta. Had a couple burritos and uh, dos equis. <laughs> Plugged to La Siesta. You know, since you are. The LeBron hater. Yeah, I I actually got a stat for you that I that I've been saving specifically for this podcast. Okay, let's go. So since you're Mr. Kobe, I right? am I am Mr. Kobe. I got the stat: LeBron and Kobe, mm-hmm. Game Seven elimination games. Over I'm gonna their, give I'm gonna give you their stats over their careers. Yes. Okay. Um, LeBron has played two more games than Kobe. LeBron's been 21 games. Kobe 19 games. Game sevens. Game seven facing elimination. Okay. Records for both of them: LeBron twelve and nine in elimination games, uh-huh. Kobe eight and eleven. All right, okay. LeBron James averaged thirty three point five points a game. Yeah, Kobe twenty two point three. Rebounds ten point eight for Bron, Kobe five point seven. Mm-hmm. Assist seven point three, Kobe negative. 3.4 assists a game. That's impossible. It is impossible. I'm just making a point that Kobe doesn't like to pass the rock. So, so he averaged three assists. Three, three, 3.4. Almost four assists. Well, okay. I don't know why you're not laughing. That was kind of funny. Because um, that, that was the standard dig. That's that like, was a, just a mini dig. Yeah. Uh, field goal percentage, LeBron for, uh, 48%, Kobe 44%. So that was kind of close. But I just wanted to break that out to you. Okay. And it's you know, it's, it's amazing that LeBron has... 
30 or yeah, 21 elimination games. Kobe over his career has has 20, almost 20, 19. 19 like yeah. that's a lot. That's a lot of It is a lot. A lot of elimination games facing. Yeah. And you know that those numbers are not surprising at all when you when you say the LeBron's numbers. I mean, that's he's for for all the shit that I give him about maybe not being the best in the clutch, like dude, the guy comes through pretty much every every time the game's on the line, he has a good performance. My my issues with his clutch abilities ha- tend to tend to be more specifically like last second shots and things like that. that like, but like any like, any like, human being would miss you know those you know or or but not he be did able to have a those. last second shot. He did shock the world. He didn't shock the world. Oh, it was LeBron James hitting a, hitting just a saying. buzzer beater. Here's another one for you, though. Playoffs, LeBron James. First in points. First in minutes all time. Yeah. First in free throws. First in steals. Second in field goals. Second in three-pointers. Yeah. Third in assists. Fifth in wins. Yeah. Sixth in games. Seventh in rebounds. And 19th in blocks. Like, right. that has you guys have to put that into consideration. Mind you, the guy's been in the playoffs pretty much every every single year. Right. So that does help. Yeah, he missed he missed a couple years in the very beginning when that team was god awful. Uh but yeah, dude, I mean I all, again, dude, no I don't think anyone's if anyone's denying that LeBron James is a great player uh at this stage is just they're just being idiotic cuz they're being haters. Yeah, that's what a hater is. Sure, but even even a hater can hate on like if you want to if you wanted to categorize me as a hater of LeBron, that's fine. I don't categorize I hate, you. I hate specific. I I hate on specific aspects of his game, but when it comes down to it, bro, I mean, you, you could you could absolutely make an argument at this stage right now that he is the best player to ever live. But then again, we're going to end up down that. Yeah, we don't want to get back into that. Well. We got too many games to go on. Exactly. LeBron killed it. He did. Cleveland's going to see the Toronto next round, which is going to be a really, really good series. I want to talk about Game Seven a little bit more. Okay, though. go. That's what Let's I want. I want to get into that a little bit more. Let's do it. Um, LeBron's performance was for the for the record books. Like that, you just broke out a bunch of stats right there that are that are clearly astronomical. But one thing you didn't mention that I found out. Uh, most people are probably aware of now that he, he the 45 points that he dropped was the second most ever points in a game seven elimination game. Didn't know that. Sam Jones. Oh yeah, I did see that. Big big Sam Jones right. had 47 one game in, in uh, as a Celtic. We just like fuck, dude. That's crazy. Uh, but 45, he tied. I, I can't remember who else uh, had 45. What did he average in the series, bro? It had to have been yeah, like 35, 35, something like that. Close. It's got to be close to that. Um, and and then he started the game seven for seven. So like right. this is this this is the 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 whole thing. Like when it came down to my prediction, which apparently I was the only one that thought that this series was going to go seven games, and I was right. But the fact that the game seven was at in Cleveland, I think played a huge com- uh, part in their victory, and the fact that LeBron, you know, really just kind of embraced the moment and said, you know, to his whole team and to the city that we're not we're not leaving, we're not getting out of this playoff. Yet we're not done. I think Indiana just there was a couple times where they really didn't look like they knew what they were doing in moments on offense. Their defense and their effort was fantastic throughout the series, but especially in this game seven, they looked a little stagnant at times, almost like giving the ball to Oladipo and letting him just make something happen, which he was very, very good at this whole season. But there's just there's a there's a proponent of being able to run an offense to get a shot that they didn't have down the stretch, 
and I think a little bit of the rotation as well, like having Lance Stevenson out of the game for large gaps, and Oladipo was was Oladipo was out yeah. when LeBron James was out. Right. What is McMillan thinking? Like I, I yeah. didn't understand that. There's yeah, so a couple little things like that. You know, that th- those things will come with experience, and this team gained a lot of experience. You know, I, I it's, do. You, do you think? I mean, obviously, if 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 Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson don't have the games they have, Tristan LeBron, Thompson, yeah, they're they're probably not winning that game. Yeah, um, Kevin Love. You, just to speak to your point, I don't think anybody thought Tristan Thompson was going to start and no. then also have that kind of impact that he did. Just offensive rebounding machine, like we used to see from four years ago. And then Kevin Love was really that was Indiana was up. By one point at that time, LeBron had gone back to the locker room mm-hmm. to get some some whatever mystical treatment, some of that Michael Jordan uh, Space Jam juice that they got back there. Um, and then Kevin Love just hit like two or three big shots to get them back into. They the ran the pick and roll. Up. George yeah. Hill was George Hill was doing his job. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah, they, with, without LeBron in the lineup, they looked really good. They did. But to me, it's like. Why I mean, I've been saying this though, Tristan Thompson should have been playing the whole series. Like this guy played all season with you. He knows what it takes. Yeah, he went through some bullshit. Yeah, he did. But you let you gotta let the man play. And this is the the, the best way for him to get past that bullshit mm-hmm. is to get him minutes and let there be other things that people are talking about right. about him, right. Other than the shit that he did, right? You know, people are gonna talk about the fact that he had a double double and performed fantastically against uh, Sabonis and. Uh, Thaddeus Young and that whole and Miles Turner fouled out of the game. Like he they, he had a really big impact. He did, um, and, and we got that shouldn't be understated. We got it. We got to say. I know we already gave Indiana props, but uh, Oladipo said after the game, you know, if you don't respect, if you don't yeah. respect the Indiana Pacers, we don't respect you. And I don't think that's I don't think that's the the call at all, dude. I think looking and watching the Pacers, everybody has respect for them. What a great team they really are. Yeah, a really good team. Yeah. Oladipo is the real deal. Like, yeah. Um, I think he'll probably make a one of the NBA teams this year. Like, I think he should. Maybe not the first, but like one of the NBA all NBA teams. I think he second, should. Third. And and if I'm a free agent, yeah. I'm looking at. I told you this earlier, dude. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm a free agent, I'm looking at Indiana because they have Absolutely. all the pieces. Miles Turner's young. That boy's going to be really good. Yeah. Sabonis is going to be really really good. They have a really good team. And Lance. I mean, let's let's mm-hmm. not talk. We got to talk about Lance really fast. Yeah. He he's the guy that you want on your team. Yeah. But he he can either win the game for you or really fuck the game up for yeah, you, yeah. and it's obvious that in crunch time Lance wasn't in the game, for, yeah, for a reason. And a couple, I mean, yeah, it, it would be really interesting to see if he could ever kind of get calm that, down, get that together, <laughs> and like if if he was able to play um, that kind of that the point guard role of distributing the ball in that in those late quarters instead of him looking to take a shot, like if he was able to run the point guard position and feed Oladipo mm-hmm. and just kind of play really within himself, attack the rim when, when necessary, but make the good pass. That, I think, would be really crucial. And, and that maybe that's something he could look forward to developing as he moves on and, and then being actually having him on the floor on defense where he, where he impacts the, the game the most in the, crutch, in, in the crunch time, I think, would be huge for him and for that team. Uh, but, yeah, man, they, great, great performance from them for the series. We're rolling on to the next game, I think. Yeah, let's let's talk about West Crook and uh, the OKC Thunder. Yeah, that was was not expected. Um, this is this series really was quite ugly for me to watch. Like I, I don't know why I root. I guess I was rooting for the Thunder in some capacity, even though as a Laker fan, I should have been rooting for Utah all the way uh, because I want Paul George to come to the Lakers. But 
as the series developed, I just found myself like kind of befuddled by the lack of. I don't know. Maybe they have no offense. They didn't yeah, run one yeah. offensive play, dude. Exactly. I don't understand. I don't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No, that, dude, I was getting to that. I was literally getting sorry. There, so that's fine. I, I just I I've been wanting to talk about this, and we haven't had a podcast, and it's just yeah. It 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 was sickening watching Carmelo and Paul George and Russell Westbrook and and watching Melo and Paul George just defer to West and yeah. and and. I, I I don't even know how to explain it, dude. Mm-hmm. There should be no reason why Paul George and Melo, seven points, five points, 44 points. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. And it's it's great. I love watching Russell. I think he's a, an amazing competitor. Yeah. He's a, a player that we're, you know that comes once in a fucking lifetime. Yeah. But he's not a true point guard. Right. And, I, you know, and yeah, Melo shot horribly. Right. You know, it just seemed like they were walking the ball, not walking the ball up. They bring the ball up. A lot of time on, and on it's, the offensive end. And it's one-on-one, dog. Yeah, if if exactly. PG's got the ball, all right, I'm shooting. If Melo's got the ball, jab step, I'm shooting. Mm-hmm. You know? You're and fine. then And then you look at, you look at Utah, mm-hmm. who play such a good game of team basketball. Yeah. Your leader's 20 years old, who literally had the breakout playoff. Like, what? his career is right now, like, yeah. your tra- trajectory yeah. is the fucking sky right yeah, now. Absolutely. To to go against Russell Westbrook and to actually win that series, knowing that you know people didn't even want this guy on their team. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty unbelievable that he dropped that far. A lot of being drafted and the impact and performance of a player has to do with a situation, right? Donovan Mitchell going to Utah, and let's just say Gordon Hayward resigns. Mm-hmm. We don't probably get to see the season that we saw Donovan Mitchell have, right? Because they still got their talisman. They still got Gordon Hayward, who they're going to go through. And maybe Mitchell's coming off the bench for a lot of the season. So it's all of those little things that happen in, over Woulda, the course. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. You right? know what I mean? All of that stuff. I mean, it's very, you know, it, literally, if Gordon Hayward changes his mind, we don't m- maybe get to see this side of Donovan Mitchell until much later in his career. But that, you see it just like the world saw. Right. Like, this kid is fearless. He yep. ha- he has the goods. Yeah, he does. Um, you see in their post game press conferences, all of them up there together. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek Favors super underrated, who was big time for them. And then we literally have to talk about the elephant in the room, which is Mr. Jingles, dude. I mean, yeah. Jingles is is the guy. Joe Ingles. Man. Joe Ingles is the guy. Went head to head with Paul George and pretty much and came won. Out, pretty much came out. On the on the winning side of that, granted, like they, they obviously the team won, but in the head to head matchup, I think Joe Ingles did a really good job of getting into Paul George's mind, and he he fucked with him a little bit there, man. I, that was uh, definitely I loved unexpected. It. I definitely loved unexpected. It. Yeah, and, and you can see, dude, like I. I get, I get Russell's mentality. We all love Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows. If you're in the NBA, everybody loves to watch Russell Westbrook. Yeah, he's entertaining. But again, there is a real thing, Drew, called mm-hmm. the Westbrook effect, and we talk about this all the time. Yeah, and explain the Westbrook effect. Well, so actually, it's this. You, you have not. You teed me up nicely, but I actually read an article today on ESPN.com by Zach Lowe, who wrote about this exact thing. Um, really, really interesting article. Kind of broke down what the Westbrook effect is. And it mostly has to do with the circumstances that surround Oklahoma City as he's been with the franchise, right? Uh, in the beginning, that he talked about in the beginning of Westbrook's career when he and, and Kevin Durant were young, up-and-coming players together, and they, had, they still had James Harden on the bench. And Westbrook and Durant were kind of touching the ball uh, equally throughout the course of the game. Um, and then as... 
they st- slowly started to develop together as a unit. They made they they tried to um, Scott Brooks tried to incorporate an actual offensive scheme instead of just the one on one basketball that you were talking Letting about. Them run. And then obviously as as um, Durant left, you know, it was pretty much just Westbrook having the ball the whole time. Now, I think that there's not another position for him to play other than point guard because he has to have the ball in his hands. Agreed. Now what and then what Zach Lowe said to that, he 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 made that statement as well. And what he said to that that was really interesting is that when you have this kind of a player, you need a a very efficient and effective pick and roll option with him. And the Steven Adams is they play well together. He can be that right. that role. Right. If, if Steven Adams were ever able to start knocking down a top of the key twenty uh, footer, or heaven forbid, you know, top of the key three pointer, then that's then it really opens that up. But I think what you need to do in order to make Russell as successful as possible is you have that pick and roll, and then you you really need the shooters to be catch and shoot shooters. Do you think? Do you see- ready to go? And Paul George and Melo didn't seem to be on that page. Uh, for, Do for you the see entire time. West, Russell Westbrook changing his game to be a pick and roll player? I don't see that at but all. But he's already he already is that though. Let, let's be real. They run the pick and roll for him a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. They run that play. If they if they run one play the most, it's probably that. Um, and he's very effective coming off the pick and roll. So yeah, I do, because, especially because of the way that he likes to he likes to get assists. You know, I, I wouldn't say that he's a flashy or spectacular passer, but he certainly is able to find the open man as he's coming off that screen, either going to take the jump shot, dunk it, or lay it off to Adams or who ha- whoever's there. You know, I, I do think that that's something that he would be willing to do okay, because the ball's can't... in his hand during that time. Th- this is not a this is not a Russell Westbrook bash session. Like right. I love Russell. Like no, I agree. Watch, watching him do what he did in Game Six was in unbelievable. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes. You're down twenty fucking five points, and, he just, and you yeah. single handedly came back. Unbelievable. But you know. I mean, Drew, think about this, dog. If you can't win with Kevin Durant, and you yeah. can't win with Paul George, and you can't win with Carmelo Anthony, and you can't win with James Harden, when are you going to be able to win? Right. You know, and when are you going to be able? I, th- I think it's Russell that has to give up some of his game. I agree. To to he has to sacrifice. Be, but what like he has to take less shots? No, he has to give up the ball. Like, well, you don't want. You don't we don't know what that looks like. Right. The sacrifice, and you don't want to tell somebody like, "Hey, we need you to change your game," because obviously you're the fucking MVP. Exactly. Your game's fine. Right. But a quick stat, dude. Players that that improve after leaving the Thunder. Oh yeah. Kevin Durant. Yeah. He he gets four four field more field goals a game. James Harden's plus seventeen points a game. Victor Oladipo plus seven points a game. Reggie Jackson plus nine points a game. Uh, Sabonis plus six points a game. Deion Waiters plus six points a game. Sergi Baca plus two, no big deal. Enos Cantor plus five. Yeah. So obviously people are these have more opportunities on other teams to score right. and to be a better player because the ball is right. so much in his hands. Uh, during that article or it, within that article, there's also like he mentions, uh, you know, uh, a usage rating uh, of Westbrook, and he said during this last playoff series, Russell Westbrook had the ball in his hands more than even LeBron did in like 2014, 2015 season, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty, that's a lot. That, that says a lot when you have a guy like Paul George and you have a guy like Carmelo Anthony on on the team with you. So And we got we got to talk about those two too because th- this experiment didn't work. Yeah. And often doesn't work. Yeah. You know? And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well why isn't why isn't 
you know, when LeBron and, and D Wade and Bosch lost their first year playing, why isn't everybody getting on these guys' ass right now? You know, why are why are they you you got well, mellow? Paul I, think George? I think they're getting a, they're getting a, yeah. quite a bit of heat. I would say that they're getting a lot of heat. And they, right but now. And, and Billy Donovan's the one like uh, Billy Donovan's the one that's going to get the blame for it, which he he kind of should. Yeah. Um, as much as you can blame someone who's trying to coach Russell Westbrook, right? You know what I mean. And like, then and then Melo kind of throwing the shade like, "Hey, they didn't utilize me right. They just threw this together." And it's like, "Come on, bro! You've been a pro for fifteen years. Yeah, you guys can get it together." Hey, one thing I wanted to bring up real yeah. quick. Remember all that craziness that we went through when Melo was ranked like out of the top yes. seven? Yeah, that's it. That was back. Yeah, that that is. They In had the Rubio. They had Rubio better than him, and Rubio's clearly better. Damn. than Damn. And so, like, it's funny because I was looking at I was looking at that the other day, and I'm <laughs> like, call. I'm like, fuck, dude. Actually, they might have actually been right. <laughs> they they might have. They could have been right. I wouldn't. I still would, don't think I would put Lonzo Ball better than Melo. <laughs> but if you look at their their season numbers this year, it's kind of pretty similar, bro. And let, let's let's. Uh, let's get off OKC. They're out of it. They need to one last okay, thing. Okay, go. Paul George. Yeah. You, oh yeah. He's gone, right? I mean, yeah. You got to. He's gone. It didn't work, dude. It didn't and, work. and and I know you're a big fan of Paul George, and mm-hmm. I like. I do like Paul George. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that Paul George is a superstar. I don't think that's fine. Um, he's an all star. He's an all star. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. I'm not saying he's not a star. No. I just think I had this conversation with one of our uh, fans, quote unquote fans on on uh, on Instagram. Okay. Um, where I just think that word superstar is thrown around way too much. Sure. There are a lot of stars in the NBA, but to be a superstar. Is a different thing to me. Yeah. I, it's kind of like, you know, Blake Griffin is a star. Yeah. You know, Chris Paul is a star. Right. Russell Westbrook is a superstar. LeBron yes. James is a superstar. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, I, I took it to heart a little bit because I'm like, yo, well, superstars don't have five games, five points in game seven. Absolutely. Correct. You know, and could but superstars, you can kind of almost get to a conference finals appearance with just them on the team. Definitely. Right. And I agree with that assessment in the sense that Paul George doesn't seem like he's the guy to get, if he just went to the Lakers right now as the, as it was, that's a pretty good looking team and it wouldn't be just him, but you would, you would probably think that it would take at least one more player of his caliber or better. He's that to get piece. Them to totally. The, yeah. He's the piece that the Lakers need. Yes. Is he going to be the savior? No, I don't think he's going to be the savior. No, but, but that's the start of it. Right. That's how it starts. Right. right. There. We get one, we get Paul George in and then we got to, we got to get one other player. And you get the, and, and back to the Pacers though, it's like they have a team full of those guys, which is the team that Paul George that, left. That, that Paul George left. And, and imagine him on that team. Fuck dude. That would have been, they would be really, I think they win that series against the Cavs if Paul George is still on Yeah, that but team. then, but they don't have Sabonis. If no, they, I'm just saying if the, if the if the team was constructed right. as it is now with Paul George still being there. Oh man. I think they win that series. Man. But that's a uh, obviously another world that we're talking about. Right. Uh yeah, so do you want to take a little break here? Oh, take a break. I'm sweating. And then we're going to actually start talking about uh the next series, second round. Let's do playoffs. it. Let's right. do it. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. Yep. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, episode 32, the Irvin Magic Johnson episode. Irvin. Shout out to Magic. You don't hear that name too often. No, they need to bring that name back. I'm surprised that 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 hasn't made a resurgence. That's a unique name. Irvin. Irvin. Uh, Since we're on names, though, you just told me a really funny name. I did. Listen to this, guys. And and shout out to San Clemente on this one, too. Yeah, so, yeah, this last weekend, uh, or on Thursday, I guess. Was the NFL draft and a big shout out to the hometown boy Sam Darnold 
San Clemente High School alum, um, the future of the Jets, hopefully. He got drafted um, third. I think it was third overall to the Jets. Um, And (laughs) I was watching the draft, and as – you know, they did the, every time, you know, someone gets picked in, in that first round, they do like a little bio about the player. And one of the funny things that popped up in his bio was that his grandfather, who I think played in the NFL, uh, his, his grandfather's name was Dick Hammer. <laughs> that's the greatest name. Which is, I just thought that, that definitely needed to be mentioned because that's a, that's, that's awesome. That it, is an awesome name. His nickname, his nickname was Swingin' too. That's what they called him. <laughs> Swingin' Dick Hammer. Hey, Dick Hammer. Think of that dude's, think of that dude's, uh, uh, Dick game was not up to par. Yeah, and your name's Dick Hammer. You better bring the pipe. You, you bro. better bring it. You yeah. better bring the you pipe like a plumber, it. dog. Well, his jeans are certainly working for him. So uh, Dick Hammer did eventually lay it down. Can can we figure out what number he is? Because I want a swing in Dick Hammer episode, dude. That yeah, I don't know. We'd have to, we'd have to figure that out. Hopefully, he's like a lineman. So that when we once we get into the sixties oh and we don't have anything for it, we can we can pull out Dick Hammer. All right, back to playoff basketball. Uh, we're in the second round right now. We're actually currently watching, which we said we wouldn't be doing, but it's playoffs. We're currently watching uh, Boston, Philadelphia right now. Yep. Um, Game one. We were wrong in our predictions of, of Milwaukee. What, what what were we on our predictions in the first round, Drew? We were we did pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, we obviously we we did not call the Pelicans beating the Trailblazers. We did not call Utah beating OKC, and we did not call Milwaukee losing to Boston. So those were our three. I guess that's pretty good. And that was a great series. Boston-Milwaukee was a really, really very, great series. Very entertaining And series. I'm pretty sure Rozier showed up tonight in the Bledsoe jersey. Was that tonight? I think that was tonight. Our boy Jeff sent us the Twitter. I think it's weird that he would choose this game. I figured he did that for game seven against Milwaukee. Um, but... So now we're we're Philadelphia Boston. I'm impressed that Boston is even here. I didn't I didn't think yeah. um that they were going to make it out of the first round. No, neither did I. We what we did say is that they have a hell of a coach in Brad Stevens. Yeah. And he's my pick for coach of the year. He he should be up there definitely. Yeah. I'm I'm I I like Dwayne Casey a lot, but sure. um I think coach of the year playoffs have to be incorporated into that decision. I I just I'm Even though it is a regular season yeah. award, yeah. You know, and uh, people could make a, a a very valid case for Mike D'Antoni. I mean, what he what he's done in Houston. They had the best record in the league. Yeah, but he Typically, has the best players. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, Golden I'm, State probably has the best players. You know, yeah. If you think about their rosters in comparison. If you looked at them on paper, you would you would still say that Golden State. Yeah, but record wise, Houston right. has a better record. That's what I mean. I think Coach of the Year should go to the coach that. Literally, like it's kind of like if Doc if Doc made it to the second round, you know what I mean? Like Doc might have to be considered because, I mean, it's just Brad. Brad, this is no joke. Yeah, like they don't have the best team. They haven't had Kyrie for a long time. Yeah, um, there's no Gordon Hayward. Right, they're playing a lot of young players, no name players too. If you look at mm-hmm. if you look at Rozier and 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 uh, uh, the emergence of Jalen Brown, and we're seeing just how gifted and how great Tatum is, who we've been talking about all year. He's yep. your, he was your preseason pick for Rookie of the Year. Yeah really like this guy yeah, yeah he's my favorite player coming yeah, in this it's draft. just it's crazy because even with donovan mitchell drew and i said this to my pops the other night and it, it's hard that we we're looking at these players shining right and they are their children dude yeah. they are 20 years old yeah and just how gifted and how blessed they are these guys are definitely going to be the future ben simmons too watching him and, yeah um i think i said on the last podcast um i'm not sure though because that was that was the one where we were a little tipsy. We were watching. <laughs> we were watching basketball all day. That was a good podcast. That was a great. It was a little slurry, but it is what it is. Um, 
Al Horford. He's that. He. I've never been a fan of Al Horford. Maybe because I just haven't watched enough of him. I've enough hated of him since Florida because right. I was a UCLA guy at that right. time. So never, just, never liked him. But he's that guy on your team. Like he can literally do it all. He can rebound. He can block shots. He's got a nice jumper. He. He's that guy. Yeah. That. Yeah. That every NBA team would like to have. Yeah. He, when he added that three point huh. shot to his game, that really that really changed the way that people have to look at him. And you know, we were very under underwhelmed by him being an all-star this year we were. but as we got to watch boston more and more especially in these later months uh without you know without Kyrie's presence in the last two months really or i guess it was more of a month without Kyrie here uh, he's he's been great he's been there rock he does everything ball movement uh very efficient doesn't seem to make a lot of mistakes plays really hard defense uh rebounds well so like I think they're in, I think as a team, as a whole, Mm -hmm. those guys are kind of like how Utah is. Mm -hmm. Just they're on the same page. Yeah. And they're very well coached. Yeah. Um, the system that they're running. The system's working. Yeah. And I think, and you had said, uh, in the car ride today that you had mentioned, you know, like if, if the Boston Celtics go to the Eastern Conference finals. Yeah. It's like, it's got to be one of the, one of the most incredible, uh, coaching performances in recent times is having having this team uh without their two best players clearly without their two best players for a majority of the year and being able to pull off what they're what they're currently doing right now granted this is the series that they're going to have to really step up i think um against this philadelphia team um you know right now we're in the second quarter and, and boston's actually up by four points so playing at home yep they're at home um how do you think this series is going to go uh, I, okay, so there's a side of me that wants. I mean, I'd love to see Boston win. That'd be great. Sure. Um, we also want to see in in a perfect world. We would like to see Philadelphia play Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I I, I it's such a hard decision for me because I believe in Philadelphia. Yeah. I'm not going to be shocked if they lose this series based on their age and just like they've really haven't been there before. Right. Um, I made a, a, a call a couple podcasts ago saying that, you know, besides JJ, you know, Bellinelli, I didn't even know Bellinelli. I forgot he won a championship yeah, in San Antonio. San Antonio. I, for, I forgot that. So I made a bad call on that. But, um, it'd be real. There's a side of me too that wants to see, I want to see MB get humbled a little bit. Really? You know what I, yeah. Okay. I, I kind of do. Like, I think. Yeah, Al Horford versus Embiid uh-huh. is going to be. I think it's going to be tough for him. I think Al's that kind of. You know, he's a good defender for sure. He he is a good one. Um, so, but about about this, these if matchups, I'm a betting if I'm a betting man, yeah. I'm taking Philadelphia. Yeah, I think so too. Do you do you have do you want to call a game? I think this is going to go seven, seven too, games. dude. I I sure. think I just think the way the playoffs are working out right now, mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to go seven. It's just like. Uh, these games have been so crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely agree. I think Philadelphia is going to pull this out. If you just, just, just the sheer talent alone, you know, yeah, Horford should be able to do a good job against Embiid, but Embiid's still going to get, you know, 20 and 10 more likely than not. Um, I, I think Brad Stevens being as good of a coach as he is, is going to come out with a game plan for Boston, uh, to defend Simmons really well. And then hopefully, therefore, uh, defend Embiid really well. Uh, but, you know, that being said, I, Boston has home court and I think that will, that will definitely kind of come into play here. I, I think I, I want to say Philly in six. I think they're going to get at least one game in, in Boston. 
Uh, but not no surprise if it goes seven games. And I, I'm excited for the series. I, I just think, like, if you look at how close Milwaukee came to beating Boston, True. Um, you know, if it game seven already in, fir- in the first round, that's a, that's a lot of games already. Hmm. And then having to having this this team who was pretty rested at this point, you know, Philly got their series done and they've been off since Tuesday. Yeah, in five games, <laughs> and so like, you know, I think I think all the momentum right now is with Philly, and and it's it's their series to lose now. How they respond to being in the position to kind of being a favorite here again as they progress uh, is going to be interesting. Uh, but we've been saying Ben Simmons, his the way that he carries himself and the poise that he possesses. Uh, I think I don't think he'll be shook, and I think that's something that young players typically tend to get uh, as they advance into these further rounds of the playoffs. And I we're starting to see that with these young players. I mean, uh-huh. again, let's bring up Donovan Mitchell, let's bring up Ben Simmons, let's bring up uh, Tatum. Like these kids are really coming to play, dude. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's impressive to me because yeah. you think you know. Last year, you weren't thinking about being in the Eastern Conference playoffs. You know what I mean? Right. And now, now Tatum's being asked to be that, that guy. Right. Jalen Brown as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very, very surprising. But again, coaching, you work with what you have and you, you know, uh, and they're working with it right now. Yeah. So, uh, those are our picks for that one. The next game in the, or the next series in the East is going to be the Raptors and the Cavs. Which is not what the Raptors wanted to see there. They, I think, they were probably pulling for Indiana more than anybody else, <laughs> maybe even more than some Indiana Pacers fans. Um, but they're going to have to. Demar and, and Kyle Lowry going to have to face their nemesis, LeBron James, again. Um, and uh, Toronto doesn't have anyone who can guard him, uh, so he's going to be a big, big problem for the Raptors. Equally so, I think Demar is going to wreak havoc on the Cavs. But if you, even if you look. Uh, over the course of the season uh, and the regular season matchups between Toronto and Cleveland, LeBron has dominated those games. I think the last time they played, he had almost 50 points. You notice what we're saying, though. You're saying LeBron dominated. This is the whole season has been LeBron. It has. It's. We're not saying the Cavs dominated. No. You know what I mean? When we talk about the Warriors, we say, yeah, the Warriors dominated. Sure. Um, it's so... It's so shocking to me. Again, we're going back to LeBron, but what this guy does on his own, mm-hmm. um, the will to win, to get his team to win, yeah. um, is amazing to me. And it's kind of like deja vu again. Like we got okay, so Toronto's in the second round, big fucking deal. Yeah, you know, uh, their their time has come. Yeah, and I think that. If it doesn't happen this year, they really need to either they, their front office needs to get one more player. Again, we can say Paul George, like that's another player that would be great on Toronto. Yeah, that, absolutely. That would make the Toronto team a, a, a fixture. They would be very, they would be a good. squad to beat. Absolutely. The the question is is even watching LeBron play these seven games, how fu- how much how how can he continue to do yeah, it? Can he keep this up and for he's another not, series? Yeah, and he's not the guy that like I see him keeping up with it. I see yeah. him showing up for sure. every game. Yeah, but unless the Kevin Loves and the and the J.R. Smiths and the Tristan Thompsons, unless they show up, I don't think they have a chance to win the series. Like LeBron, I think I Toronto agree. has more offensively and more team oriented. And they got players. more depth. Yes, uh, I think Toronto will win the series in seven games, and I think it's going to be because. They win game one because these Cavs are going to be tired. Not just LeBron, but the Cavs in general are going to be tired. Obviously, LeBron's going to be tired. They, they play game one tomorrow, uh, with only one day rest after they beating. They flew into the hotel last night. Exactly. Not- after beating Indiana yeah. in game seven, they got one day off and then they're going straight up to Toronto. 
uh, away, which is a huge deal, um, having the home court advantage there. And if they have to go to Game 7, having it not being in Cleveland, I think is massive for the Raptors. Uh, I'm calling Toronto in seven in this series. It's going to be tight. There's going to be at least two blowouts, in my opinion. The, kind of really? the, the same way that Indiana blew out the Cavs. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be like I think I honestly think Game One might be a 20 point win for really? Toronto. Yeah, but when it counts, you know, like uh, Game Two, LeBron will come really, really ready for that game, and and I wouldn't be surprised if the Cavs end up sneaking Game Two and going back to Cleveland with the series tied up at one. Uh, but I am I'm calling Toronto in seven. I got Cleveland in seven. You're calling Cleveland. I just can't. I can't bet against LeBron. In it's a like game seven. Yeah. Yeah. I just. Sure. I just. I just can't bet against LeBron. Yeah. And again, I keep saying LeBron. I'm not saying the Cavs. Right. All the all his role players have to do is play their fucking game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Their defense yesterday uh, against uh, Indiana game seven was great. Yeah. Their pick and roll offense was great. Mm-hmm. LeBron needs to be able to get five, six, eight minutes of rest. Yeah. Okay. He has to. Yeah, he can't play 44 minutes a game. He has to. Um, I think Kyle Lowry is going to shine in this series, which is why I'm picking Toronto. Uh, we can go back and forth about LeBron, obviously, and his performances. Yeah. And we expect DeMar to have at least a couple 30-point games. Yeah. So those two guys in particular, kind of those their, their scoring is kind of going to cancel each other out. I think Kyle Lowry is by far the superior point guard to anything that uh, the Cavs can bring to the table. You know, George Hill is a nice player. Uh, but outside of that, Clarkson's not really a point guard. He's going to come off the bench anyway. I I think Kyle Lowry could have a, a quite a series here um, and really push the Raptors over the edge. And That's I I, I like Toronto, time. Drew. I love. I, I said on one of our Instagram posts, like the bond that Demar and, and Kyle have built over these years. And again, guys, this is how you build fra- uh, 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 teams that go to the playoffs every single year. You take your two core guys. Yeah. They've been together. They've built a really good relationship. I see, honestly, I see them playing their whole careers together. Well, DeMar's uh, not going anywhere. The, after DeMar signed, ain't going yeah, anywhere. After he and I, that contract. But I think that their bond is that good. Yeah. And Kyle's earned that deal to get that max deal, mm-hmm. um, especially with the numbers that have been thrown out to other players. Yeah. Um, and I just I, I we don't see enough of Toronto to you know hype them up or you know praise them as much as they should be. They're number one in the East. Um, yeah, exactly. They had the, I think they had the second or third best record in all the NBA this year, mm-hmm. uh, which is a big it's a statement year for them. And, and I think this statement is incomplete if they end up losing again and to kind, LeBron. Okay, but it kind of let's go back to like the '90s and the '80s though. You know, Mike lost to Detroit so many times. Yeah, yeah. And then it's it, there is going to be a time where. You know, it's time to pass the torch. Mm-hmm. I don't think LeBron's ready to pass that torch. No. Um, it, I, would I be surprised if Toronto wins this series? Not at all. Right. Not at all. I'm expecting a really good series. I'm expecting the, the smaller players to show up. I'm expense, I'm expecting Valanchunas to have a really mm-hmm. good series. I'm yeah. expecting Kevin Love to have a really good series. Right. And, you know, I, I hope the Cleveland players understand that. It's all on them. Yeah. They're, they are the ones that are failing the Cavs right now. It's not LeBron. Right. Um, and they need to bring it every single night. JR, where, where the fuck are you, bro? Yeah. We need, we need to have you, we, I'm yeah. saying it like right. we. That's okay. Well, I'm, you know, I'm pushing for LeBron. Yeah, you are. That's all right. <laughs> I, I think Kevin Love's going to have a big, big problem with Serge Ibaka. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think, oh, yeah. I think that matchup really leans in Toronto's favor. Granted, you know, if Kevin Love's hitting threes on the catch and shoot three, Serge isn't really going to have much to do there because he's going to have to kind of help uh, uh, Valanchunas and the rest of them, you know, close that lane up once LeBron gets. Who, who's their other guy? Um, uh, Pascal Siakam. <laughs> Thank you, Drew. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Jakob Pertle. 
Those would be their their big heaters they're bringing off the bench. Oh, that's why I love you, bro. Um, but yeah, so it. I think I think that matchup is really is really the one that may make or break it. You know, I, I just mentioned Kyle Lauer being the X factor, but if Kevin Love can get the best of Serge Ibaka, that puts the Cavs in a really good spot. And if Kyle Korver is shooting the way he should be yes. shooting, he's fucking phenomenal, yes, dude. Absolutely, when he's doing what he's got to do. Um, so you got you got, uh, I got Raptors and seven. Raptors and seven. I got I got Cleveland and seven, I, but. I want to I want to take a trip back to the first round with Washington. I want to touch I want to touch on this. Okay. The um, Wizards. Yeah, because Toronto. who lost again? Yep. Okay. Yep. And I kind of like and I don't want to take it I know the Clippers aren't in the playoffs, but Oh, you're going to make this about the Clippers, are you? No, no, I am. I'm making this statement. <laughs> I'm making this statement. And Toronto can be in this as well. Sure. Like how come the Washington Wizards. Mm-hmm. How come people don't talk about them like they rip on the Clippers? Okay, these guys have three max players. They go absolutely nowhere mm-hmm. every year. Yeah. Okay. They go nowhere. Yeah. I think you made a statement saying they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think that's that's the truth. They've certainly made it into the second round most years in the last. But they're no- four. They do nothing. Okay. That's true. Yeah, that, that's true. You got three max players. Homeboy just got a hundred million dollars. What's his name? Otto Porter. Otto got a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Um. You got John Wall and you got uh, Bradley Beal, which is a great backcourt. Let's yeah. let's not get that wrong. Absolutely. But like we have said on other podcasts, they don't get along. They like, don't seem to get along. The whole team doesn't seem to get along. Exactly. And John Wall made a comment today, or it was yesterday or this morning, saying, you know, the play these the, these players need to understand their roles on this team. Yeah. You know, and, and to me. A, that's not something you say in the public. Right. That's something you say after you lose that fucking game, you know, and you go to the locker room and be like, and, and he said something like, we need to make changes. We being like, okay, well, you're going to be the guy that's going to make that call. Right. Maybe it's you that needs to make the change, dude. Right. But why are these teams, even Toronto, like uh-huh. Toronto ain't done shit either. Well, here's what I'll say. I mean, like we, we live out here on the West Coast. Yeah. We don't get much coverage. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very positive that there's at least a couple reporters in both Toronto and Washington that have doubted these teams and, and the way that they've been constructed over mm-hmm. the last years. And I'm positive that John Wall, if not just John Wall, everyone on that Wizards team is getting a once over by, you know, the critical people because you're absolutely right. Why are you paying these players top tier NBA dollars if they're not delivering top tier NBA performance? Now that being said, John Wall had a hell of a series. He did. Bradley Beal had a hell of a series. He did. And they, they did what they, the, what, I mean, they played their games. And they just still fell short to a, a really talented Toronto team. I think matchups, you know, like if 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 we were looking at Toronto Milwaukee in a one eight, I think Toronto walks over Milwaukee, and then I think Washington Boston would have been the two seven, and that would have been a Good really series. interesting series. Right. So you know, I, a lot of it has to do with circumstances. Uh, but but you're absolutely has- correct; they underperform mm-hmm. year in and year out. So there is definitely something. I think when they paid Otto Porter all that money. I think they expected him to show up a little bit heavier than he did this year. You know, not not weight wise, but impact wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think he's matching those dollars that they're giving him. So in particular, I would I would single him out uh, individually as someone who should definitely be improving his game because he has so much potential. But the chemistry is something they have the to per- address. The personnel, and that's exactly. what I want to say really fast. Yeah. Is again, like we said about Indiana, like there's a lot of drama coming out about John Wall. Like this guy might not be the fucking the the, the greatest dude to play with. Yeah, he might be a dick. So if you're a free agent, like I might not be looking at Washington. Right. Not to mention they don't have the cheese to pay you. 
You know what I mean? Right. Because you, yeah, you're maxing three. They're, they're running out of money. That's for sure. So, it, it, and, and, you know, if your star player is the guy that nobody wants to play with, I, I just don't know. And honestly, back to OKC, like it's obvious that even with that star-studded team, they didn't win anything. Like why would why would one of these free agents want to come play there? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I guess just to your point mm-hmm. about about the Clippers catching a lot of heat, mm-hmm. uh, that's I think that mostly comes back to the fact that we live – in True. L.A. We True. live in Southern California. Yeah, so nobody, like, gonna, nobody talks about the fucking Wizards no, here. And nobody gives a shit about the Wizards. We uh, do. You know, west of the Mississippi. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Um, I, yeah, granted, yes, we do. NBA fans will and people that appreciate good basketball. And good I don't basketball know a Wizards player. fan. You, well, right. Yeah, we don't know too much. I don't have anybody that lives in D.C. I don't know anybody. I mean, what's funny, though, is I saw two people at the gym yesterday or two days ago wearing Bucks t-shirts. Like, bro, get the fuck out of oh, here. Oh, please. You ain't a fucking Milwaukee Bucks fan. Yeah. Tell me where Glenn Robinson went to college and I'll fuck with you. Yeah, there you, you go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tell me that, bro. Yeah, right, yeah. Tell me, tell me where, where where Vin Baker went. You know what I mean? And then we can talk. <laughs> yeah, if, 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 even if they know who Vin Baker is. If you know Vin Baker, I'll fuck with you. Yeah. But I'm not, you know, get, get the fuck out of here with that stuff. Well, there's always going to be the bandwagon. Um, and honestly, like, if there is a guy that, that should have a bit of a bandwagon now, it should be Giannis. But we don't need to talk about players that are going home right now. Yeah, no, Giannis no, no. has already charted a plane back to Greece. I think he's going to be running for mayor or something like <laughs> that. I'm be. sure governor. I don't know if they have governors. He's, just, just crown him the king. But he should be the king Giannis. The king of, of Greece. Um, let's get into let's let's take a break, okay? And then let's just get into what everybody wants to hear: Pelicans, Warriors. They all everybody wants to hear about it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about it. Yep. We'll be right back. You've seen them on social media. You've seen Clips and Drew wearing them. The Gold Net Basketball is the gold standard in basketball apparel. Go to their website, goldnetbasketball.com backslash shop. Type in Clips and Drew at checkout and get 15% off your entire purchase. Again, go to goldnetbasketball.com backslash shop. Type in Clips and Drew. Clips and Drew. And you'll get 15% off your purchase. Enjoy. Yo, we are back. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Episode 32, Drew. Yep. Magic uh, Johnson. Magic Johnson. Irvin. Irvin Magic Johnson episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a couple more games to cover. Uh, I, wa- I want to start with the Pelicans Warriors. Steph is coming back game two, supposedly. That's what they say today. There's no reason for him to come back. I, there's no two. reason for this guy to come back. For those that didn't catch game one of that series, it's all right. You didn't really miss much. The Warriors destroyed the Pelicans in game one um, without Steph. Uh, Kevin uh, uh, Kevin Durant had a great game, but Draymond Green triple had a double. triple-double. And I think the Warriors are like undefeated every single time Draymond has a triple-double. And that's like Is I think that a real like stat? 25 or 26 triple-double. Yeah. They are. I'm. I'm almost positive that they they have wow. not lost a game when when Draymond triple doubles. Um, so they, you think people are off the Pelicans nuts right now? Yeah, they should be. I mean, it, this is what happens when at the beginning of this year everyone was always talking about we're going to see another matchup again mm-hmm. of the Warriors and Cavs in the finals. And you know that's probably a really good take, and that honestly could still happen <laughs> when it comes down to it. Uh, but in this series in particular, um, you know. Clay Thompson is a much better defender than anyone Drew Holiday had to face in that first round matchup against Portland. Quite possibly the best two way defender or two way player in the NBA. It, yeah, minus he, minus LeBron and Kawhi if Kawhi ever plays again. Sure, but yes, yeah. And uh, you know the fact that Drew Holiday is you know maybe six four and Clay is standing at six seven I think does make a big deal. 
uh, when Drew's trying to get his little shots off and uh, driving to the basket, uh, things like that. They're just a better team, Drew. It's obvious. Yeah. It's yeah. A, from head to toe. Yeah. Anthony Davis was <clears throat> shut down. You know, they did they did the best job against Anthony Davis that I've seen in, in a long time defensively. Um, and, you know, Rondo's still doing his thing. But when it comes down to it, even without Steph playing in this entire series, you got to think that the Warriors are in really good condition here. I just, I just, like you said, to open this up, I don't think there's any rush to bring him back. There's now, no reason. If the Pelicans, you know, kicked ass on that first round. Yeah. Or that first game. Yeah. You know, I think it'd be a different story. You might have to bring him back. I think this is going to be a cakewalk, dude. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't see any reason to rush Steph, uh, especially if, you know, if game two, which is coming up tomorrow night, I, if, I, I see a very similar scoreline. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see the Warriors having any problems. On offense, um, the Pelicans are going to need to run through Anthony Davis more, and they're going to need to have him have a tremendous performance uh, offensively in order for them to have any kind of uh, hope to be close in these in this game. But let's also say this, Drew. I mean, Cleveland got their ass kicked in a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like It happens. Let's see how they adjust. Let's Absolutely. see how they come back game two. Playing at Oracle is no fucking joke. Nope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I I I can if I can see them getting swept, mm-hmm. but I'd like to, I think they can win one. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Golden State in five. That's fine with me. I think that's fine. Um. It yeah. If especially if Steph just doesn't play at all during this series. Um. Or I, bring him back sporadically. Like let's give give him 20 minutes. You sure, know what I mean? Sure. Give him 16 to 20 22 minutes and like let's see how he's feeling. Totally. The knee's nothing to play with, dude. I agree. Yeah, and it, that was a serious injury. That they that they're obviously taking very seriously because he hasn't played since that happened, um, and he's the franchise player. <laughs> I think I think if he comes back uh, in game three um, and is and is good to go for about twenty minutes uh, in in game three and four, I think it's a sweep. Uh, I don't. I think if they don't have him at all for this series, then yeah, maybe Pelicans take one at home or something like but that. But you also don't want to bring back. Steph, you know, game one against Houston coming up next round, most sure, likely. Sure. And we, let's get into Houston really fast. Okay. Um, they got another cakewalk to me. That's another one that looks Utah, like Utah. Yeah. Utah, they did. We, we talked about them, uh, performing really well against the, the Oklahoma City Thunder. But again, it is a step up here that they're going from playing a team like Oklahoma City that's not very organized to, uh, a team that is a well-oiled machine on offense right now. The, the Rockets are, are playing really well. James Harden is doing his thing. Uh, you know, that was also a blowout in, in game one. Um, you know, they're just outmatched here. Uh, Utah is, um, in that, in that series. I, I honestly don't see this game, though, that series going more than five games myself. Four. It's four. Yeah. That's a sweep, dude. Yeah. I think they're going to be just chilling. I think so too. I think, I think round three in the Western Conference is going to be really fast. Well, this is what we all want. <laughs> if you're an NBA fan, you, there's no way that you didn't want to see a Western Conference matchup, but finals matchup between Utah the, and the Pelicans. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> the Rockets and the Warriors. Right. I mean, that's what, that's what we want. I mean, you know, a lot of people will even say that that, that series will kind of determine the champion. You know, uh, regardless of who the Eastern Conference throws out there in the finals, it really should be kind of between the Rockets and Warriors uh, for for the favorite odds on to win to win the championship this year. 
Um, so, I mean, not looking too far ahead, but that's a series I definitely want to see. Oh, that's going to be watched. And I think we're going to, I think we're going to get to see it. So the NBA playoffs drew are up 17% viewers. Viewership. Yeah. Which is that in, in TV numbers, that's yeah. humongous. Well, cause there is some parody this year. Yes. We, we don't have like these just standard, like, okay, let's get LeBron and, and Steph into the finals again <laughs> right. and let's see what happens. Like we actually have some, I mean, granted these two series, I think are going to be Quick. Yeah, but people want to see these new guys. People wanted to see Giannis, Giannis and they want to yes. see Donovan Mitchell, and like right. they wanted to see like what could Minnesota really do? Yeah, you know it, the the storylines are huge, and look at and that people want to see what the Sixers hype is all about. Of course, you know, yeah, um, it's it, this definitely is the most exciting, the most excited I've been for playoffs. Totally. Um, but as far as Houston goes, you know they just look they look like they are ready to go, and yeah. they, it looks easy, Drew. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the best bet is that James Harden kind of takes a shit again. Um, and, and just and comes Chris up Paul takes a shit? and just comes up. That's the, that's the problem is now if Harden is off his game, which is rare, uh, but can happen. If he, if he's on his, off his game, you have so many other weapons that, you know, with Chris Paul on the floor, um, Eric you can look to him. Yeah. Eric Gordon's been playing really well. Ariza's doing, uh, Ariza's doing it. Clint Capella's having mm-hmm. quite a, quite a, a he's playoffs. about to get paid, bro. Exactly. Pay him. He's going for that check. Um, so yeah, man, I, you know, as much as we want to see some, some competitive games and, uh, you know, it just doesn't seem like this, these two series in particular are going to be that involved, uh, when it comes down to it. So, um, Anything else you want to you want to mention? Well, about? so what, what's your call though? I got I got Houston oh. sweeping. Yeah, I think Rockets in five. Um, yeah, I think I think those ones pretty much done. And and I'm I we're definitely looking forward to the the Western Conference Finals there for sure. Rockets Rockets uh, Warriors matchup. Um, other than that, dude, do you have any uh, any other takeaways from the playoffs in general? Any other one one more thing that we didn't touch on? Okay, is back to OKC once again. Is mellow right? So uh-huh. Melo's due twenty eight million dollars next year. Twenty eight million dollars this guy's due. Five points a game he averaged in the playoffs. I think that's what it was. Wow. Five five or seven, something like oh that. Oh my God. That's that's horrific. Horrific, right? Oh my god. And like if I'm Melo, I'm staying in OKC. Well, there's like, no reason first of all, nobody's gonna pick up that no one's gonna want to trade for him. I don't think not for that. Um unless they're doing some strange like cap space thing. Well, expiring or, contracts are big contract. Like people like to get those. Exactly. But expiring twenty eight million dollar contracts, I don't think uh, people want to pick up. That's a lot. So uh, yeah, I mean, OKC is going to have a very hectic offseason, uh, you know, trying to keep Paul George and whatever sales, uh, they ain't keeping wh- him. Whatever sales pitch that's going to look like is going to be pretty crazy. <laughs> um, and, you know, obviously having to deal with Melo making these statements mm-hmm. uh, that we saw yesterday, I believe, where he was t- – maybe even today where he was talking about how uh, the coaching staff didn't didn't game plan. We we already went over that. And I'm not Paul, coming off the bench. I'm not right. a bench player. Guess what, dude? You might be. You might be now, though. <laughs> he actually, honestly, if he if he would kind of embrace it, he might have he might have a really nice role as the guy you know that that runs that second unit. You know, Drew Leon Leon Wood said this to me, and he mm-hmm. says this all the time to me. Yeah. He said, "You are who you are as a player." Right. You know, Allen Iverson had a really hard time. He didn't want to come off the bench. You're getting up there in a, in age. Right. It's obvious. Like Melo can still score the ball. Can, can still score the ball. Um, Maybe. It didn't, no, I know. <laughs> I know. It didn't look like it. He can still shoot that thing. Yeah. You know. Sure. There just comes a point in your life where it's like, all right. If you don't want to be coming off the bench, maybe you just shouldn't be playing basketball anymore. Right. Um, yeah. Because I don't. 
But then if you're playing on a team and you're getting paid $28 million, we're not sure. going to sit you on the bench. Right. But I don't know. Some, sometimes you just have to, you have to come to terms with the fact that, and this is another, again, I'm going to bring up LeBron, but you know, Dwayne Wade's in his 15th year. Uh, Carmelo Anthony's in his 15th year. Mm-hmm. Um, Dwayne Wade doesn't look as bad as Melo looks right now. Yeah. But that's the difference between. LeBron and both these guys yeah, too. Yeah. Like LeBron's still on this super elite level. And for so many years, Carmelo has been at that elite level. Yeah. Um, and he's still on that curse, dude. It would be, like, it would be really nice to see Melo like to rededicate himself to the game and really, really take this off season as an opportunity to get in the best shape that he can possibly get at this, at this age that he's at, which is like, I think he's 34 or something like that. And, and kind of have like, you know, we saw Dwayne Wade go through a transformation this year, uh, once he got back to Miami where he just, he, 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 he stayed in the gym. He lost some weight. He, he got his strength back up. And I would, I, I think Melo still has a lot to offer a team. Definitely. If he, if he does those things, if he's able to, you know, have the, have the legs underneath him to play 40 minutes a game and, and comes out really strong and, and fit and ready to go. I think he could still be a viable option to play with Russell Westbrook because honestly, without if if Paul George goes, Oklahoma City should want Carmelo to yes, stay. Yes, because he's going to have to step up, and and um, I you know I think OKC might have some trouble replacing uh, Paul George if he goes. So they're going to need to lean on Carmelo a little bit uh, this next year. And I think he'll he'll like that because he'll get the, he'll he get want, more he, touches. He should obviously. want it. He should want that. Exactly. But he should also come to terms with the fact that like what I wanted to hear in that press conference was like, dude, I fucking sucked. Right. I was, I did not show take up. Take a little bit of the that, blame. Yeah. T- you should take the blame. And I don't think he did that at all. He didn't at all. And yeah. I would, I would respect Melo way more if he did say that. Right. You know, yeah. the one amazing thing about Oladipo, and I'm going back to Oladipo, is that he literally texted his trainer 16 minutes after they lost saying, you know, you, you ready to work? When yeah. are we getting started? Right. That's the kind of attitude that I want to see from a lot of these players. Oh, man. Yeah. And that's why Oladipo is going to be, is literally going to turn out to be one of the top five best players in the NBA. Well, it's that whole thing like hard work pays off. Yep. Like he literally got to reap the benefits of this amazing season that Oladipo had because of what he did in the offseason, because of the changes that he made to his diet and his workout routine. And, uh, you know, the fact that he just said, you know, I, 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 I can just go along being this kind of middle ground, you know, 14 point a game mm-hmm. NBA player for the rest of my career and still make millions and millions of dollars and have a decent life. Or I can really kind of reach my potential and, and, and at least, or at least try to reach the potential to be as good as I can possibly be. And I see it's, it, it can be addictive, I think, for players as they get better and better and better and they see those results. He's like, man, what else can I, how much more can I squeeze out of this game that I'm blessed to have? And being and, put in the right system, too. Right, sure. Yeah, they it's gave being, him the, they, he was the man. He they, was the man. Right. And it was, you know, last year when he's playing with Russell, you know, he almost fell off the map. People were like, who, you know, who yeah. is Oladip? He, he fell off the map in Orlando. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, you put in the right system with the right coach that believes in you, and mm-hmm. and uh, that's what happens. Yeah. So, you know, again, I don't want to talk about the people that are losing in the playoffs that aren't with us anymore, yeah. but aren't with us anymore like yeah. they died. Rest in peace. No, we're going to see you in six months. Okay. <laughs> uh, but anything else, Drew? We got anything else? I mean, when do we, when do you want to do another podcast? Like, should we should we do these like? 
Yeah, you I mean, know? I think I think kind of like in the middle in the middle of these uh, second rounds, so maybe you know probably closer to the end of this week, mm-hmm. uh, maybe maybe this weekend, uh, we give you kind of an update, uh, seeing how these series are going, seeing how our predictions are playing out. Um, yeah. Hey, fun fact. Huh. Little hip hop shit for you right now. You guys should cop the Post Malone. Oh man. Get out there and cop that Post Malone. I know the dude looks funky. He does. He, he looks does. ugly as fuck, bro. He looks like a hippie Jesus. He looks like hippie Jesus. Yeah, I uh, I, I listened to the whole album. It's, it's a fantastic. great album. Uh, Post Malone. But it's a great album. But J Cole's album is is pretty fire too. It is. Uh, yeah. 1985. Dude, so uh, Post Malone actually broke the like the Spotify record for downloads or streams no I guess way. it is in the US and worldwide for his new album no way he yes. didn't beat Drake he did no fucking he way he broke the record seriously yeah Spotify announced it he broke the record uh, globally and uh, in the US for, for like the most plays the can we can we play our favorite song right now uh, drop, so drop some of that heat Drew But he ain't come yet Still need something Put your bank on it Got a big bag With a big pawn Party ain't over If they say something Yeah so peep that out That shit is hot Drew That is hot um, it's the follow through clips and Drew. We're gonna be back at the end of the week. Uh, if you got time, drop us a line, drop us a review, hit us up on Instagram, give us some questions that you want us to answer. Just holler at your boys, dude. It's the follow through clips and Drew. We're ghosts. Later. <laughs>